Praise the Lord. Anybody? Praise the Lord. It's no longer 2020. Can I get an amen? It is 2021. Yes. Amen. And you all are excited. We're talking. This is good. Praise the Lord. Today we're going to talk about vision. A lot of churches call this kind of the vision Sunday. And so we're going to talk about our vision. And guess what? It is the same vision that we had when we started this church. It's the same vision that got us through 2020. It is like an anchor. It is like a compass heading for us. It is like a foundation that we can build on. It is our vision. So today, some of you like kind of like to know where we're going in a sermon. We're going to talk about the vision. I'm going to define it. I'm going to pull up some scripture about where Jesus shows us what our vision is for the church. Uh, it's three-point sermon. It's been a little while, so three points is back. Uh, I'm going to give you, in each one of these points, I'm going to kind of give us an exercise to think about how we are doing individually, kind of a conversation between our own selves and the Lord about how we're doing in each of these areas. And then we're going to go to the table and then we're going to sing, Be Thou My Vision at the end of this sermon. So that's what we're going to talk about. The vision of New Life Church has everything to do with being a disciple and making disciples. So I'll get to the specific vision that we have as New Life Church in just a minute. But would you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28? Matthew 28. Anybody bring a paper Bible anymore? I see. Yes. Wow. Look, double. Look at John James. Extra, double extra credit for this man. Well done. Uh, turn on your Bibles. It could be your phone Bible. It could be a paper Bible. We will put it on the screens as well. And if you find your place, would you stand with me as we read this scripture? Uh, it's going to get to the point where we talk about the Great Commission. Jesus gives us, the church, his vision of what he would like us to be as the church. And I thought I would back it up and give us context for which Jesus says this. And so we're going to back it all the way back up to the Easter morning, the Easter story. So Matthew 28, verse 1, after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, that's Sunday, that's Resurrection Day, Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, went to look at the tomb. Why are they going there? Well, because Jesus has died on the cross. He has been placed in the tomb. So we, we led up to Christmas, baby Jesus, his ministry, he dies on the cross for our sins. And then he's in, a tr- in the tomb and the women go there. There was a violent earthquake. This is going to be good news in a second. For an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven and going to the tomb, he rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen. Amen. As soon as he said that, he said, come and see the place where he lay. Verse seven, then going quickly, uh, then go quickly. Tell his disciples, he is risen from the dead. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So what's this message? He wants to meet with the disciples in Galilee. That's like 75 miles away. What is he going to tell them where we're going to get to that? Verse eight, first. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. They ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. 
Greetings, he said. He came, they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then, verse 10, Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. So two times, an angel, then Jesus himself says, tell the disciples to meet me in Galilee. He has something to say. Skipping down. So we need, we need to skip a couple verses here to get to where they meet with Jesus. Verse 16. Verse 16 says, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. We're not exactly sure. It just says the mountain. Many people assume it's the mountain of Beatitudes, the mountain where Jesus preaches the sermon on the mount. I've been to this mountain. It overlooks the Sea of Galilee. Maybe it's there where Jesus met with the disciples. When he saw them, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And we know that story, the the story of the doubting Thomas who would come to believe. But verse 18 says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, so here's what he has to say. Oh, the angel said, go to Galilee. He has something to tell you. He says to the women, tell the disciples, go to Galilee. He has a message for you. This is the message. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, here's the image. Here's the vision. Here's the dream that Jesus, God himself has for us in the church. Go make disciples. Everyone say disciples. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. God's people said, thanks be to God. So God, we praise you. We thank you as we are standing here in honor of your word to us, Lord, that you spoke years and years ago to your disciples, that we would be disciples and go make disciples. This is your vision for the church, Lord. We receive it, and Lord, we, we go. We, we have become disciples ourselves, and Lord, we go. We praise you. We worship you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people shouted, amen, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Let's talk about this word disciple for a minute. Uh, the Greek word, if you would like to know Greek words, any nerds that like Greek words? This is a nerd alert, nerd alert, everyone. That This is what we do in this church. We, we, uh, we, we do a little alert sound when there's a nerd alert so that it wakes us up to something nerdy. So here's the nerdy thing. The Greek word for disciples, maeteus, which is literally just means a follower a believer, an adherent, and it specifically has religious connotations. Um, and so we've had taken this idea of being disciples and going making disciples, and we've contemporized it. At New Life Church, New Life Manitou, uh, seven congregations, we believe that our role is to be disciples and to make disciples. And so we've worded it like this. We said that we exist to make disciples. Like this is why we are here. If, you, if anyone asks you, what's your vision? What's your hope? What's your dream? What's your passion? as a church. Who are you guys? Well, here's what it is. We make, we exist to make disciples in the Pikes Peak region, specifically Manitou West Side for us. That's where this congregation is by calling people to worship, connect, and to serve. If you've been with New Life Manitou, you've probably heard those words before. Worship, connect, serve. Yes, we say these, these, this is how we contemporize and make relevant this, uh, uh, 
principle of making disciples. I mean, there's lots of ways to categorize it. We have fallen on these three and we think that they're very helpful. Last week I was here and I was doing the offering moment and I I kind of shared like good news. Like as a church, we have even in 2020 found ways to worship. Like we found ways to gather and we're here gathering now. And I will never take that for granted again that we get to meet together. Amen. Uh, We got to meet on Christmas Eve and we met outside because we knew that this room would be overcrowded. We found ways to worship even in 2020 to keep this vision as a church. Yes, great. High five each other. We found ways to serve, uh, to connect first. Let me get a hold. (laughs) Let me get ahead of myself. We found ways to connect. We found ways even in the midst of full quarantine to Zoom call each other. I remember the discipleship group. I was taking the men through uh, a book called Along Obedience in the Same Direction. We concluded that series over a Zoom call because that's what we had at the time. We have found ways to connect with each other. Even like right now, we've uh, since a long time ago, we've been uh, broadcasting these sermons. And so if you're watching online, thanks for watching online. It provides an opportunity for anybody who's sick or vulnerable or quarantined to watch online and connect as they can. And as a church, we found ways to serve, haven't we? This Even in this last year, we have as a church, the seven congregations, your generation generous giving. We have like loaded up pantries. We started in 2020 a ministry to uh, the jails and prisons around here. We started a ministry to nursing homes. We, in the midst of, do you guys remember this? Our women's ministry uh, to the the little um, El El Paso uh, mobile home community that's just down the road a couple blocks. They experienced the trauma like back in the early spring of 2020. And we found out later there was foul play. They lost a member of that community. And it's a sad story. So we didn't, not, not knowing all those details, we just knew they were going through a rough time. Our women's ministry got little flower baskets and went over there and hang, hung them on uh, doors and windows and anything they could and had conversations of prayer with people where appropriate. And that the little hanging basket just said, hang in there. We're praying for you. New life Manitou. And this, like, this, these are things that we never thought of doing, but we did. As a church, we found ways to worship, connect, and to serve. High five, right? Well done. Like as a church, we did this. And so now what I want to look at is how are we doing? Like individually making up this congregation, how are you doing? I'm going to kind of ask this question along the way. How are you guys doing? How am I doing in the areas of worship, connect, and serve? And so this sermon could feel like maybe like a spotlight on you. And that's not like, it's like some people don't want it. I don't want to be in the spotlight. This sermon could feel like, and I do not want it to feel like this, like an interrogation light. Like, how are you doing in the areas of worship, connect, serve? That's not how I want this sermon to come across. Prophetically, how I want this sermon to come across this morning is like the morning sun, like lighting up our path and lighting up our lives so that we can examine ourselves and, and, and get bearings on like, where where we are and where we're going. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with letting the spirit speak to you this morning in these three areas? If so, say amen. amen. Okay, let's, let's do this then. Uh, point number one is this. So we're going to go through three points. That was all just introduction. Here's the three points. Worship, connect, and serve. Worship is this first point where 
We often talk about worship as like a time in our service where we sing songs. We, we just experienced a time of worship, right? And surely that's the case. That, that's the case. We love worshiping Christ. We love standing in his presence. Some of you that don't even like singing, you love coming here and just, uh, just orienting ourselves to the cross as people sing and as you try to sing maybe. That, <laughs> that we bring our thoughts and our minds to the Lord. We direct them to the Lord. And that's a piece of worship. But really, I would say that worship is more about a direction in our lives being oriented to the Lord, a time that we can do alone or corporately. We can, I think every one of us has the ability every day to spend some amount of time with the Lord. And I think this is one of those times in our seasons as Americans and in this world where we, you know, start a new year and wonder about our daily life. Like, what are we doing daily to worship the Lord? Is there a time that you have daily to come to him in prayer, in, in worship, in Bible study? I know that throughout the years I've landed on mornings. I wake up early in the mornings and that's just kind of my best. For some of you are like, that's not my best time of the day. And that's okay. There's different times of the day to worship the Lord. But I found just this waking up early uh, and I, over the years I've done different things, whether it be scripture or a book study or uh, different types of devotionals. Uh, right now, Eric my wife is doing this. Uh, it's called Lectio 365. And so she's been doing that. And I, I started doing that. I was like, oh, it's, a, it's an app. And it just makes it easy. It's about 10 minutes. And so I start every day just doing that. Like, this is just what I do. This is an option for you. But I want you to think about this. At the end, I'm going to let us examine our own lives. And how are we worshiping the Lord daily? And what do we need to do to orient ourselves to him to the Lord in 2021. I think about um, like non-Christian culture is really big on meditation or uh, I think about Manitou, just spending time in quiet. Maybe it's positioning themselves in some sort of yoga. This is what uh, the world today does. Or maybe just going outside, like our culture, especially Colorado and Manitou, like we just go outside. This is my church, a lot of people would say. And, and that's all good things, like meditating, you know, just being still, going to the spa. These are all relaxing things. They're all great things, sure. Uh, but what worship is, is orienting and pinpointing, focusing who we are, our direction in life on the Lord. It goes beyond just celebrating creation and it worships the creator. So that's really what worship is, spirit and in truth. So here's the key verse. Each one of these points are going to have a key verse. This is our key verse for, for worship, and it's John 4, 23 uh, and 24. These two verses, it's where Jesus is speaking to this woman, um, a Samaritan woman, and he's talking about what real worship looks like. And he says this, John 4, 23, time is coming and has now come because Jesus is God fully on the earth when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of the worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So as we orient and focus our lives, it's not just like a willy nilly, like just being quiet before the Lord. It's like, no, focusing on who Jesus is, who God is, the truth of who he is. We have, I could see it just the corner of it, uh, the little um, uh, banner by our uh, welcome table. If anybody's new, there's, we have uh, welcome cards. And at the end of service, you could turn those cards in. But there's a big banner behind that welcome table that has on it the Nicene Creed. It has the statement of belief 
that we hold to as a church. That these that we're not just uh, wandering about in our faith, but we have a truth. We have a Lord who has revealed himself to us fully in Jesus Christ. And we can worship him in spirit and in truth. So let me, as we conclude this first point, worship, maybe just breathe think about this. I want to lead us through uh, just a two sentence exercise where we ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you're speaking to me about worship right now? Lord, how are you prompting me to worship you? Lord, how are you prompting me to, to grow in 2020? Lord, how, are, how can I worship you fully in this moment in this uh, daily walk that we are in, how can we worship you more, Lord? We invite your um, Holy Spirit to wash over us, Lord, to fill us with worship towards you. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Point number two is this, connect. We, as a people of God, connect with each other. We connect as a community. We connect around scripture. We connect around our lives. We pray together. We're friends, family. We connect. 2020 has presented opportunities to connect with each other in different ways. I think about like Skype calls and Zoom calls and online services. And that's some of the things we have done in 2020. It's been a hard year to connect as we have. But we have found ways to do it because it's important. Our God that we worship is trying. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. And he has created us in his image so that there's, there's something to be said about how we are built for community, how we are built for belonging to one another. The key scripture here that I want to point our attentions to is Acts 2.42. It says this. It's a very famous verse like the other verse that I read. It says this, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So if you know where this passage is in the Bible. It's right after the church is formed. Jesus has come. He's died. He's risen. He, he gives the decree to the church to, to go make disciples. And here they are gathering together, uh, listening to the apostles teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed together by the apostles. Verse 44, all the believers were Together, We'll end it there. That, it goes on to talk about how they were together. And it's a beautiful passage of what Christian community looks like. But this, you all, if you look around, this is where the gifts are exercised. It's hard to just show love when you're all by yourself. But when we are together, we can love each other and serve each other and pray for each other and do things for one another. This is where the church is the church when we are gathered together. And that's looked a little different in 2020. It's going to look a little different now and it might look a little different in the how we gather together. But the gathering together is so incredibly important. The, 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 I just think of... Um, like the men's group that we have, our women's group that's starting up next next uh, month. I think of the discipleship group on your chairs. Our information about uh, uh, discovering Christ. This this discipleship group that we're going to start actually just next week. So we really believe and value in discipleship. So we're going to provide lunch after church the next ten weeks, starting next week. And so there'll be lunch, and then we will talk about a different week. Next week is John James, who was up here just doing the offering moment. 
He's going to share about apologetics and what it is we believe. And then we're going to go through 10 weeks of, of discipleship training. Uh, and you can, they're kind of like one-offs, a standalone, so you could choose one or the other. But I would encourage everybody in here to have lunch, free lunch, and come downstairs next week because we are going to train in discipleship and belong. Like we enact our gifts in church by being together. And we cannot, uh, as, as Hebrews says, forget the, the gathering together. Don't abandon the gathering together. So I think about um, just, uh, I think we, we have four boys, Jay, Rowan, Max, and Theo, and they're all kind of outgoing. We could tell already, even though they're young boys, uh, except for Rowan. Rowan's more introvert. He was like me as a little boy, like just kind of doing his own thing. Like there's kids over here playing games and screaming, running around, having fun. And he's just like off listening to the birds and stacking rocks, one on top of another. One time that our teacher, a kindergarten teacher, was a preschool, preschool teacher, came up to Rowan and said, Rowan, don't you want to play with the other kids? And he said, really, just like, he's not like shy shy or like he's just like confident in who he is he's like no I'm just listening to the birds and she said Rowan what are the birds saying and, and he said they're saying hallelujah and as she was telling this like she was tearing up like he's very deep in thought and he's very good at school and he's very he's very brilliant in fact the other day he was like he came home from school after a long day of like in class like real school and the other boys we, we gave him the opportunity yeah unwind boys go watch a cartoon and he was like instead of watching a cartoon is it okay if I do my math journal <laughs> and I was like yeah that's it's weird but yeah do your math journal like we have no concerns about him in school but we do have like throughout his little life we're like Rowan you need to make friends and as a parent as an adult we can see this in kids like like yeah school's important math yeah geometry and your equations and your math journal that's great that's important we want you to grow but what is also important is growing in friendships, growing in belonging. And so, so usually we ask Rowan, not how he's doing in math, but we ask him like, how are you doing with your friends? Do you have any new friends? And so we, as, as adults, we could see this in kids and maybe sometimes we're kind of blind to it ourselves. Do we realize, and maybe 2020 has been extra hard. Do we realize how important it is to gather together? Do we realize how important it is to have fellowship and community and for our society? Like we, as the church, I think we realize this and we need to share. We need to show the world that what is so important right now is belonging, is connecting. So let me, let me just pray real quick to, to close this point and let's ask the Lord, Lord, would you speak to us right now in how we are connecting, how we are belonging to this church? Lord, would you prompt us to uh, maybe it's to, to, to serve here. Maybe it's Lord to come early or to stay late, to engage in prayer, to ask for prayer, to pray for, pray for one another. Lord, would you uh, knit us together as a community? And, and Lord, I pray for those watching online. Lord, would you fill them with the Holy Spirit? Would you engage them in belonging even where they're at? Lord, we ask you these things in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Final point here, uh, the worship connect serve is the last point. And so we as a church, we exist to make disciples. We exist to be disciples ourselves and to serve this church, 
to serve the community, to serve the city of Manitou and the west side, to serve the world that we live in. The key verse here, if you want to turn to Acts again, this is a verse about serving and giving. In all things, uh, Acts 20, 35, in all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. So serve, help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I think about this verse a lot. As we were leading up to Christmas, I was like, yes, yes, yes. It is always more blessed to give than to receive. Have you found ways this last year to give, um, to, to, to serve? I think about, at least in my life, I think of the, the quintessential moments of serving in my life, like serving at a soup kitchen, going on a mission trip, being at an orphanage in Mexico. Like these are like, like in my mind, like, like, moments in time where it's like, yes, I was serving in these moments. But then there's the more like sort of day-to-day, we could call them informal types of serving, where we serve our family, where we serve at our work, where we serve in our community, where we serve uh, at our school, where we serve in the church. There's opportunities here in this church to serve. There's an application process. There's a little background thing that we do. Because once you're able to serve uh, at this church, we could have you in the kids ministry. We could have you in the tech booth. There's set up, there's tear down, there's greeters, there's all kinds of things we can do to serve in this community. But we really believe that we grow as disciples when we serve. I think about uh, some more of these uh, opportunities uh, that we've served as a church. I think about the pantry. Miss Lorelai is here. She helps at the Manitou Springs Pantry. And some of you all and, and some of the money we receive here, we give to the Manitou Springs Pantry. It's partnered with another church. And Manitou Springs is a community. And it's an outreach every week, every Wednesday. Uh, we, we serve the people of Manitou Springs. And it's wonderful. I think about the opportunities. Our, our church rallied. And some of you, uh, like Miss Julia, and where's John James and our family and the Brackens were at this uh, packing food to send to Guatemala. We got together and there was literally like sometimes people say the word tons, but there was literally tons of rice and beans and this stuff uh, to make meals and dinners. And we packaged them up and we sent them off in like a semi truck and then onto a boat to get to Guatemala, this church that we're partnering with. And it's like this, this was a way that we served. Like we bought all this food and we packaged it and we sent it down there. And so some of these families have food like for the whole year. And it's an incredible outreach. We have found ways to serve. There's ways to serve. And so what I want to invite us to do now is to think about like, how have we served? How are we serving now? And, and maybe to reorient ourselves with this vision that hasn't changed to serve uh, this church, our community, the city, and the world that we live in. Why? Why? Because Jesus has served us.